Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. I'm your host, Amanda G., Thank y'all so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, give us a review on iTunes. Send us some love on social media. Queer to my heart at Twitter. Near and queer to my heart at Instagram and Facebook. And if you're old school, send us an email. We might even read it on the air. Near and queer to my heart at gmail.com. We got some exciting shit for you guys. Some exciting news. Uh, we're going to be in San Francisco August 17th to the 24th. We'll be at Mutiny Radio in the Mission District doing some shows. I'll be hosting some shows. We'll be recording some podcasts. So if you're in the area, give us a shout. Let us know. We're excited to bring you this episode. Nikia Hampton, she was in town from Seattle for Black Girl Giggles Festival, and we were able to talk to her, get to know her. I really, I enjoyed this interview a lot. I got a lot out of this because we ended up talking about a few things that I've had some private conversations with folks about, but nobody's really gotten in the public about it, at least on this podcast. And I was really excited that we were able to have that dialogue. Um, and I hope you all enjoy it. I'm not going to spoil too much. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it vague so that you listen. No spoilers here. Only vagueness that gets you to listen to the podcast. Uh, so yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to Nakia Hampton, y'all. podcast yeah so you're here for black girl giggles yes which i can say correctly which how many people said wrong this week <laughs> i've heard so many people like black girls giggle and i'm like it's black girl yeah giggles. It's black a- girls giggling <laughs> it's fine like it's because it's all the same we yeah. are black girls giggling that's what we're doing <laughs> but you're here it's a it's a comedy festival yes um, how's it been going it's awesome i so i do comedy in seattle and Obviously, there's not a lot of black women. So to come down here and just be surrounded by like 50, 60 other black women comedians, they all have their different styles. We all have different looks and different experiences. It's just nice because a lot of times people think if you're a black woman, we all have the same life struggles. Like we all go through the same things and they're similar, but it's not identical so it's just nice to be around a bunch of other funny women who have taken situations and trials in their life and turned them into something that other people can relate to and laugh with yeah I mean I think that's so important I ask this in the queer context because a lot of times people will say oh we don't need queer bars anymore we don't need queer comedy shows we don't need queer storytelling shows we don't need queer spaces because everybody's cool now which is not true not true Um, but I also think that's important you know for uh, like black women or Mm -hmm. like other different groups where people are like well you don't need a space anymore and it's like 
like be, then you see this beautiful space that's created i mean have you run into that at all where people are like why is there this <laughs> yeah it's so funny because in seattle there's like a whole genre of comedy rooms that are like hey we're qt poc we're basically trying to say we're not straight white males because <laughs> like, that is what the comedy scene has been and then you'll even get some white men who are like well i can't be in your show we're funny too and it's like nobody's saying that you're not funny but this is just about highlighting people who don't always get the chance to have that stage time or to be seen we're not saying that you all have the same experience either but what we're saying is we care about the voices that haven't been heard as much so we yeah. definitely run into that all the time i mean i think it's so important for those spaces to still exist and i think the fact that anybody is coming to me and saying they don't need to exist makes them <laughs> need to exist exactly even more exactly so, um, <laughs> i love that black girl giggles you know has a festival here every year and it grows every year like mm-hmm. this year was bigger than last year and you know i'm really excited for that and i'm excited is this your first time in new orleans it's not my first time um my family reunion was here two years ago but this is my first time coming during essence fest which is like its own thing like I've seen so many women that look like they could be my aunt down here (laughs) so I call it auntie fest and it's just like magical because in Seattle you don't really see as many billboards and just like all this stuff with black women on there and murals and you know just black faces everywhere like I'm from Baltimore so that's what I was raised around but living in Seattle you don't see that as often so it just really felt like a celebration of black women and you that's just not something that you get every day so Obama was here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, uh, I drive for Lyft um, occasionally and, I, you know, I, I do it um, on holidays because that's where the money is. And so I was driving for Lyft that day and I, I was asking everybody, I'm like, so are you going to see Michelle Obama? <laughs> and they're like, yes, I'm already crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This is exactly what I need right now. Yeah. I didn't see her, but just to know that we was like breathing the same like <laughs> dirty New Orleans air is like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I heard security I like the day it. she was there was 10 times as much as like any security. And I was like, yeah, no, it should be. Yeah. We need to protect that national treasure. Yeah, she's, a, she's important. She's a special woman. So just knowing that like she is there representing us and it's just very powerful yeah absolutely so you're from baltimore city is that specific part of baltimore or? yeah okay. i'm from west baltimore so really really in the city okay. <laughs> <laughs> the wire and all that stuff i'm from the real baltimore city i've been to baltimore i, I thought it was beautiful mm-hmm. like I, I didn't know what to expect i don't like to have people tell me like this is what a city's gonna be but my friend lives out there and i went to go visit her and we had a great time we yeah got, we got day drunk the first day yeah yeah we were by some body of water i can't tell you where we were but yeah <laughs> it was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's it's a wonderful city and i'm from there so of course like I'm a little biased but a lot of people just take what they see off of like TV shows and try to they think that as soon as we walk out the door we like dodging bullets and stuff like that and it's not like that (laughs) yeah you got Omar coming at you yeah like it's not like that like we and also Baltimore has some of the best food I've been a lot of places but Baltimore has some of the best food and we're really on the low about it there's a lot of little hidden treasures in Baltimore that people don't know about y'all shouldn't tell people because New Orleans like I think I think New Orleans in Baltimore are very comparable cities yeah. like the size the makeup the food the just everyone being cool but like people figured out New Orleans is a destination spot and so we get I'm sure you saw some bachelorette parties this weekend mm-hmm. we get like all these crazy tourists yeah and y'all don't have that yet yeah <laughs> y'all need to keep it that way yeah <laughs> I'm like don't let the tourists know that they can go there yeah yeah no I think people are still a little scared so we're good on as long as we keep the crime up at you know at the levels <laughs> that we have it at I think we're good for now <laughs> 
So you uh, were like raised there your whole childhood? Yes. Like high school there? Yep. I went to high school there. I, I literally moved after I graduated from college. Okay. Yep. So did you go to university? I went to University of Baltimore. Okay. Yep. So I was like right there, literally in that 20 mile radius my whole life. And then um, I moved to Seattle because the guy I was dating at the time lived there. And once I was out of college, I was like, I'm out of here. I There's nothing else. For me, you know, like I felt like I just needed to broaden my horizon and it's just nice to to live in a different place and kind of like adjust to a different lifestyle. Because in Baltimore, like we people get stuck where they are, like people won't even travel from East Baltimore to West Baltimore, which is like a 15 minute drive. Like people get stuck where they are. So I felt like if I didn't leave when I left, I was just going to get pregnant and just like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) that just be what it was. So I just felt like, no, there's a little bit something else for me and I just gotta go and was he from Seattle no he's actually from Detroit and we met in Pittsburgh yeah it's the whole story (laughs) (laughs) we met in Pittsburgh and he was living in Seattle for about six years before I came out there and I was like hey like we had only been dating for like five six months and I liked him so much I was like I'm ready to go I need to go and it worked out we ended up breaking up um, but I still live out there now. We're still friends. So what was it like moving? To, I mean, I like I'm from Los Angeles. I'm from the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And the minute I could leave, I hit 18. And that's when I, I was out of there. And it was such a culture shock for me. Just because I was yes. in the suburbs. I was in this like whitewashed bullshit place. And I knew I didn't fit in. And I couldn't figure it out for all sorts of reasons. Part of it was being queer. Part of it was like not giving a fuck about yeah. what kind of clothes I had and all that. Like I just didn't fit in with what that was. And then when I left, I discovered I was like, there's other people out there. And some of them might be like me like this is kind of weird but to go from Baltimore to Seattle I feel like that's such a different um it was so I mean not just like weather wise and like location wise but culture wise yeah it was different I went from like 77 percent black people to seven percent black people I literally had to get all my hair products off Amazon (laughs) like where I could usually just walk down the store and just get everything I needed and it was to the point where like I just I just didn't see myself there's like a lot of white people there's a lot of asian people but there's not a lot of black people so i just didn't really see myself on the streets and that was part of the reason why i wanted to get into comedy because my mom is actually a comedian my uncle is a comedian so it's like in our family and it's always been there but i didn't start doing comedy until i moved because i felt very isolated but also like super observed at the same time and so to me, I just felt like somebody needs to know like what I'm going through right now. Like somebody needs to hear these stories because this is kind of crazy. So you're 22, moved to Seattle. Were you working? Were you in school? Were yeah, you- I started. Uh, I was bartending at the time. Uh, right before I left Baltimore, I was working at TGI Fridays at Mondalmin, which was like the worst job I've ever had. Just because the area that the Fridays was in that was like the first sit down restaurant that was in that area. And if you know anything about Baltimore, it's just been we've been like really deprived of resources. So people would come into the restaurant and expect it to be like a carryout type of situation. So Uh, people would get upset if the food like if it took 20 minutes, but that's like what happens at a restaurant and people wouldn't tip and it was just like a bunch of craziness. But it allowed me to move to Seattle and get a job really fast. And I started bartending over there. So that's what I was doing like the first year that I worked there kind of bouncing around from job to job bartending and I didn't get into comedy until last year actually so it's only been a year but things have just been like just popping off like ever since I started so I know you're not supposed to ask a lady her age but (laughs) can I can I ask your age yeah yeah I I just turned 26 last month 
I was like, yeah. I know comics, we like get on stage and we're like, I'm because I'm 36. I'm always like, I'm 36 and I don't give a fuck. Like yeah, yeah. So I always feel like it's okay to ask comics these questions it that is. otherwise people would be like, what the fuck are you asking my age for? Yeah. And I'm like, no. like, context, it's like, okay, so you move when you're 22 and then it's like, okay, here, now I can understand a timeline. Exactly. And I'm cool because, you know, I'm black. So anytime people ask me my age, they always think I'm younger anyway. <laughs> like people be like, are you 20? Are you 19? I'm like, no, I'm 26. <laughs> I'm going to be doing yeah. this for a while. <laughs> Love, my girlfriend's around my age. We'll leave it at that. Uh, she would not want me to reveal her age, but people always think she's like 10 years younger. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She loves it. Exactly. So. so I don't mind. Yeah. And I'm like, enjoy it. Like, absolutely. But someone thought she was like 24, 25 and they were like shocked. They're like, but you're cool. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, you could still be cool at, you know, 30 something. When I turned 25, <laughs> I, I was carrying around these balloons, like the two and a five, and they got kind of mixed up one day. And some white people got on the um, elevator. I was on and they were like are you 52 and I was like yeah just turned 52 and they're like what get out of here no way I know they they kind of believed it a little bit I know I would, I would use it I would have some fun with it they'd be like what do you do and I'd be like I take tomato sauce and I just yeah. put it all over my face yeah and then I hard boil an egg like yeah, I would just yeah. make up the weirdest shit and just see if they would go home and yeah let me try this tomato sauce right and they're like it has oil in it and I'm like yeah but like 52 yeah yeah I always tell people well I'm not racist so that like makes me appear younger and younger every time so <laughs> well, you got your own plan <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so your mom and your uncle do comedy mm -hmm. like are they they do it for a living for fun? yeah like, my, my mom is retired but she's still an artist she still does theater um, in Baltimore but my uncle still produces shows he does comedy shows like every week and the uh, on the east coast up and down so yeah it's been like one of my first memories was seeing my mom on stage and having people laugh at her. And I, I didn't understand the jokes. I didn't think she was funny. <laughs> but, like, that was something that I grew up seeing. So it just was like, oh, like, this is kind of what life is. Like, you get on stage and people look at you and you can control the crowd. And, like, it just felt like it was normal. And we would even travel with her sometimes. And they would do shows out of state. And we would go along and be at the hotel chilling with my grandmother while they do their shows. And they come get us later. And so it just felt like it was, like, a part of life. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's your normal. Yeah. Whereas the rest of us are like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> my dad was a comedy writer. And that's kind of, mm. like, what I got. But when I was younger, like, you know... And this is my age and maybe there's other shows for you. But when I was younger, like people wouldn't even be allowed to watch The Simpsons mm. or like Married with Children was mm -hmm. the big one that they're like, kids can't watch it. And my dad was like, watch it. You don't, yeah. you don't understand any of the jokes. Right. And he would ask us. He'd be like, oh, what was that joke? Because we'd laugh. You know, if he laughed and the laugh track laughed, we would laugh. Because right. like, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And then he'd be like, why is that funny? <laughs> and I couldn't tell him. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> watch this stuff. But was it like that with your mom where like she's telling these jokes and you're like, I don't get it. And she's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. They just would be like, yeah, it's fine. Like they never, <laughs> they didn't really explain it to us. Like there was like a couple sex jokes and stuff like that. And I would be like. I don't get it and they just be like good <laughs> like if you understood at this age then that'd be a problem then we're, then now we're worried <laughs> yeah they didn't really I mean to this day they kind of just don't explain them anymore which is fine because I kind of get it but. yeah well now you're like uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I understand them and I don't want to know more. yeah exactly <laughs> like I actually don't even want to hear it so Stop. yeah that's so cool you come from like a family of comedians because that's a very rare thing yeah I don't know any comics that like their kids are also doing it yeah yeah my mom so it's it's funny because like even my grandfather he was a very funny person my grandmother is a really funny person like we all we do when we get around each other is just laugh 
And since I was younger, I would like write down jokes. I didn't, I never wanted to be a comedian, but if funny things would happen, I just always wrote it down anyway. Cause I would like maybe tell my friends later or, you know, bring it up to my sister and stuff like that. So it's always been a part of my life. And then I think that's what made it come so naturally to me because we also like I was in Girl Scouts when I was younger. I did like debutante balls and like all these things where I would have to like do a lot of public speaking as a child. I grew up in church, so we would have to do like the altar prayers. So there was like so many times where I'm like seven, eight, nine to like 15 where I have to like be on stage and compose myself. And so then it just made sense that I put the jokes with the presence together. And then it was just good. Do you remember your first set? um no I wish I did I wish I did my mom actually used to do like a comedy camp where they would take young kids and we would like make our jokes and kind of get on stage and do it but I don't remember exactly what my jokes were about at that time but I do remember writing them down on paper I think it was something about like being late to school or something like that because we was always late yeah (laughs) but it wasn't our fault it was technically my mom's fault so (laughs) but um your first roast yeah yes but she always really uh she encouraged us to do those kind of things and like express ourselves in any way that we found fit so that's really great yeah so this is a question I ask in um and it's gonna we're gonna shift gears because I like to shift gears and we'll shift right back around um I also want to ask you I see your tattoo right there and I would love to ask you about that but we're gonna put a pin in that (laughs) um and this is a question I ask everybody and it's like a multi-part question um because I feel like it is not a simple one-part question where it's it's a big coming out question Mm -hmm. but it's not just like when did you come out so when did you come out to your friends and family when did you come out to yourself which probably came first Mm -hmm. Um, and then when did you if it was a conscious choice were you always out on stage or was that something that you gradually did or something that you haven't quite done yet yeah so So I know it's a lot of pieces but I feel like they have to all be asked together yeah because every you know people ask you about your coming out story and it's like it's not just one time no oh (laughs) it's like everyday thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's funny because I actually like had this realization a year ago but I was pretty much queer my whole life like I remember when I was younger my one of my cousins had like a girlfriend and I was very much like infatuated with her like she would give me hugs and stuff and I would like touch her butt and I was small at the time like you know I'm like this tall so like technically people were like oh that's fine like it's okay but it was a very conscious thing for me like it made me feel good and then I also realized that like some of my friends that I had like in kindergarten that I was pretty much obsessed with like I was actually in love with them but it is hard to actually like claim being bisexual because for a long time it just to me it meant that I like it was just another label that you know was like added on and I'm just like I don't want people to judge me about this like I you know sometimes I like to have sex with women but I don't think like I should be like any different for that and so and it's funny because it shouldn't be yeah I know but it just feels like it feels like that you know on the inside with people on the outside looking at you I'm like I don't want y'all to judge me about this but you know it's just what I like to do and in my mom when I was actually trying to have a conversation about her to her about me losing my virginity I came up to her I was like mom I I have to tell you something and she was like you're gay aren't you and I'm just like (laughs) how'd you know (laughs) like that's not what I was going to tell you but like (laughs) yeah so they kind of her and my sister kind of knew 
even before I did that I had like interest in women and and now even with like doing it on stage I got to the point where I can tell some jokes about some of my encounters there are other jokes that I have that I don't feel comfortable yet doing on stage but I will um and some other stories that I feel like other people should know about just because it's relatable content but I'm still at the point where I'm like if somebody asks me you know, I won't lie about it and I won't, you know, cover it up. But I do still feel kind of reserved about letting people into that part of my life. When your mom told you that, which I, I love, was like, <laughs> was she, she was excited. Yeah, like. she was just like, she was just like, finally, like you're <laughs> telling me, like, you know, she wasn't shameful or anything like that. She was like, you're gay. Like I knew it the whole time. And I'm like, no, I, I was just going to tell you that I had sex with a man, like a guy for the first time. And she was like, oh, but she, she knows like moms yeah. always know. Like even if you don't really tell them, they can kind of sense yeah. if, you know, you're into some other stuff. So in I mean, I don't know everything about her, but I feel like, you know, people, people have experimented. Like I'm, I have feelings that my dad maybe have experimented in those type of ways. So she definitely wasn't like ever like shaming me about it or ever like made me feel uncomfortable or anything like that. And like even my sister, she'll, she'll laugh about it and she'll be like, you know, you're gay. Like you're gay. Like just stop. Did they ever <laughs> like gay. point to anything like I know when I came out, my dad was like, and the softball and this. And he just was like going through my whole fucking life. Yeah. Being like, oh, and now this makes sense. And this and was yeah. this a friend? And, you know. Yeah, and- yeah. They always mention like a, a lot of my friendships just being like, yeah, like you guys were really close. Like, you know, this is kind of obsessive behavior. Like you guys are probably in love with each other type of thing. So that's usually like the main culprit is like oh yeah those relationships that you had were a bit more than just friendships so yeah and I'm like some of them weren't yeah yeah some of them were just friends yeah <laughs> I mean some I'm, I did have relations with a lot of my friends and we are still friends to this day but like they don't know about all of that so you know I don't know but there are definitely moments where my sister is just like just stop like you keep trying to not be gay you're gay it just is what it is <laughs> look you like who you like and yeah I, that's why I'm like you know whatever if you want to call it experimenting or just if you like somebody just see what happens and don't worry about it's hard I want to say like just don't worry about labels but it is hard and I will ask you this other question about labels so I host a queer storytelling show here and we've had some folks who are bisexual identify as bisexual both men and women who've done the show and have talked about relationships like their heteronormative relationships so it's like a woman telling the story about a man she was dating Mm -hmm. and some people will come up to me after the show and be like I don't want to hear that straight shit yeah and I will be like this is still someone who's part of our community and these relationships don't take away from their queerness have you had any personal experiences with that or any issues like that have come up I feel like that's part of the reason why I don't like to express it as much because most of pretty much all of my long-term relationships have been with guys I've never I've always been with women sexually but not necessarily like in a relationship type of capacity so it always kind of feels like like as a bisexual person like people try to make you feel like you have to choose and it's like oh well you have a boyfriend so you're not gay like you're not into women like you either have to be all the way like lesbian or you just like to play around with it but there's people just don't understand like there's things that I like about women and men like women they're just better nurturers like it's I feel more like connection with them they have better empathy like it's just like we're smarter 
there's certain things that I like about men and certain things that I like about women. And I honestly wish that I could date more women, but it's kind of scary because like you can't, at least for me, like it's not as easy to like pick them off the street, like with a guy, you know, <laughs> like you, you can just look at a guy and he'll be like, all right, well, let me give you my phone number. Like if you mm-hmm. stare at a woman too long, she'll think that you want to fight her. So it's like, <laughs> do I need to wear a pin or like, I don't know what I need to do. That's why the queer spaces are so important. Yeah. I've seen women, you know, definitely have that more aggressive role. I just think I can speak for myself. Yeah. And I say like, I don't. Right. I'm, exactly. a, I'm a slow play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like I'm, there's been a lot of times where I've wanted to like go up to a woman and be like hey like let me get to know you but I'm more afraid of them turning me down than like a man the chances of getting turned down by a woman feel like much stronger than like a guy if some dude was like no you'd be like fuck you dude yeah I'm just like with a woman you wouldn't be like fuck you lady yeah I'm like please don't love me (laughs) like you know now I'm obsessed and I'm chasing you down the street because you said no no (laughs) but no it is just like with men like it just is it's just easier to have them realize that you're interested in them and I think that's why I date more men than I do women but it's not like I like men more than I like women I just haven't figured out the way to let women know that I like them and because it's scary if they aren't you know into that yet then you're like yeah oh. but I think part of that too is the way that we're raised yeah and, um and and the culture that we're raised in where we're taught I was thinking about this story the other day and it's a fucked up story I'll I'll, I'll tell it because I was it was something that happened like 15 years ago and I'm still like that was fucked up but I was at I was in San Francisco and I was at this old navy just shopping and some guy came up to me and he gave me a compliment and was like can I get your phone number and I was I think 1920 at the time and I was so flattered that some stranger went out of his way to come up to me and asked for my number and I was so excited about it and I gave him my number and you know he called me like asked me to hang out and I was like oh my god but I was taught that this was what I should be seeking and like Mm -hmm. I should be dressing this way and I should be wearing makeup which I did at the time to attract this and then when I attracted this this was a a success you know Mm -hmm. he asked me to go to the movies and I was like okay great we go to the movies and when we the minute we get to the movies I was like okay this is starting to get weird I he was like well what movie do you want to see and I was like thought you planned (laughs) this shit out he didn't planet and he goes up there and he's like what's the next movie and they were like there's this it was a french subtitled movie yeah and he's like that one we'll take two tickets and we get in and we're sorry i don't even know what this movie is but i'm like okay so we start watching the movie and then all of a sudden i looked down and he pulled his dick out oh god and i left the theater yeah yeah <laughs> i yeah. fucking left the theater and then then I had the other response of like i get back home and i'm telling my roommates and i'm just like what did i do what did I do to attract this? So it's this weird thing. But at the same time, I remember like being so excited to have this date because I did what women are supposed to yeah. do. I attracted this man to yeah. the point that this stranger came up to me. But then on the other end of that, I was like, did he just see me for a sucker? Yeah. And also just violated you. Yeah. Also, like, what the fuck? Like, you yeah. just pull your dick out in a theater and I'm just supposed yeah. to hop on. Like, I- he's like, oh, I, I paid for the movie <laughs> tickets. Now uh, you do your thing. Yeah. I should have, like, the minute he was just like, whatever movie, like, just get in the dark theater. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was definitely <laughs> that's just basically to what he was home. saying. But it was just this weird thing. And I think we're, like, we're taught as women to be attractive to men and to have these interactions and in, in all of the media. And I'll ask you because you're younger than me because I think media is a little different now but we were just taught this is what you do you know and I don't think we're taught that with women and I don't think like we're taught that with different like homosexual representations or other queer representations so we don't know how to navigate that and if it's easier to do this other thing that we're taught your taught your whole life your is a value for you then maybe that's you know just what you're gonna do yeah I I would agree like it feels it definitely feels more natural to 
be in a relationship with a man and just also from the outside people are like oh that's normal like you know like you walking down the street holding hands with your boyfriend they're like nice she's doing it right and then like if you do it with a woman they're looking at you like oh I, I would agree. It is part of how we were raised to kind of be like, like that's the life goal is to like get married to a man and then you have his kids and, and then you raise the kids. Yeah. And, and then like, like, and then what? like, yeah, like that's just <laughs> what it is. But it's interesting now because I feel like a lot of women are like coming into our own and we're realizing how powerful we are without men. Like we're actually even more powerful without them like sucking the life out of us literally. So I just feel especially with people like my age and growing up with like Twitter and Instagram and all these social sites like you can see a clear divide between like the women who are like oh we're we're doing this for ourselves like yeah we like makeup but we're wearing makeup because we want to wear makeup yeah we're not wearing makeup because we think that's what you think is cute and then there's like the other girls who are still like in that mentality of oh well I gotta I can't go out at night because I need to be home for my man and I need to be in the kitchen cooking his dinner and stuff like that and like the rest of us are like okay girl well I'm gonna be at the club <laughs> having fun and like yeah you can watch me on you be Instagram. miserable yeah 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 like you could go like my pics that you think is so cute while you at home you know so and I feel like for the next generation coming up too like that's gonna be different for them I like they so. won't yeah like they won't have to feel like that that the life goal is to be somebody's wife I think that's dumb and even speaking for myself I didn't even really I didn't even start getting into comedy until me and my ex broke up and after we broke up I was like well I already moved across the country like I might as well do other things that scare me like other things that I've been wanting to do my whole life and I had a goal to just go to an open mic that was the only thing that I wanted to do and by the end of that year I had done like 25 shows you know I had been getting paid for it in my first four or five months of even doing it and and had it not been for us breaking up and me being like oh like there are things I like outside of just wanting to be his girlfriend yeah. like I had been and I've I've been in a relationship for like the majority of my life like I started dating seriously when I was like 15 years old so my whole high school career and pretty much like college, I was with somebody and, and just having them get all my energy and all my attention to the point where I didn't even know what I liked about myself. I didn't even know who I really was. And it wasn't until we broke up and then I started being by myself and spending time by myself that I was like, oh, yeah, like there's a whole person like inside of me that wants to be free, that wants to do stuff. So I hope that like for the women, the girls coming up and the future generations to come that we keep putting ourselves first these guys will you know you'll be you'll give them your whole life and then what do you have to show for it whenever i go through a breakup i take at least like six months to a year off yeah. of even thinking about dating yeah. no matter what because i'm like i gotta figure out who i am and then mm -hmm. the thing is you take that time out and then you get confident because you're like i'm fun i do this shit yep. i'm on stage i'm whatever and then people come to you like you don't have to seek that out yep and put yourself in like the you know waiting for some someone to call you back or to let you know when you can come over or whatever yeah. it is and, and they're like people are attracted to that confidence yep. but you can't just overnight just oh, I'm confident now like, yeah. It <laughs> yeah unfortunately it doesn't work that yeah. way you don't just take a confidence pill right and then there it is but, <laughs> but there is over time if you believe in yourself and yeah. you are willing to put the work in to like figure out what you want to do and you know whatever like I play a soccer once a week and I do comedy mm -hmm. and I have a book club and like I do all the shit I want to do yep. and so people see that and they're like she's a person yeah 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 exactly I agree and it's so funny because people will always uh, com comment on my confidence and it's like they're like well I'd have to wait until I was confident to do stuff like that like I can't do that I don't have the confidence you get confidence from doing things yeah like, you 
don't just wake up and like, all right, I can take on the world. Like you have to go through those stages of like, I'm not sure if I can do this. And then you do it. And then you're like, you know, like that's how you build confidence from actually doing the stuff. So I feel like people don't take that time. Like they think it's just going to come to them one day. Like yeah. you just wake up and you're like, ah, here it is. This is the day that I'm going to become the New York Times bestseller <laughs> just from like that. Just yeah. literally from that moment. But it's like, no, you got to go through the nasty, uncomfortable parts. Like I've been basically my whole living situation in Seattle was uncomfortable. I was out of my element. I was out of my comfort zone. And that's when I grew the most yeah. when I wasn't around people that I knew my whole life, when I wasn't doing things that I did forever when I wasn't you know just being the same person that I thought that I was that's when I became who I want to be is when I had to be in those areas of like this is kind of (laughs) scary like I'm nervous or this isn't comfortable like this doesn't feel like how things have felt before but you got to go through it to get to that place I feel yeah this is the same with comedy like there's some new people that are like go up once and they're like oh this is great and then they the next time they go up they bomb and they're like fuck this and yeah like, you gotta put the work in yeah you gotta figure out what works and what doesn't and every time you go to a mic you don't need a whole new bit work on the shit you have tighten mm-hmm. it up like rewrite it people ask my opinion and then when I give it they don't want to hear yeah. it yeah uh, Beyonce on her homecoming documentary she she was talking about rehearsals and practicing she was like nobody wants to practice because it humbles you when you're in when you're rehearsing and you you go through and you you see like oh shit like i'm not that good <laughs> you yeah. gotta get better but you gotta but practice to get yeah. better you know yeah, like, she doesn't just show up and just dance yeah and like, oh, that was perfect like yeah she just did that without any practice of course there's practice yeah there's, there's like work. months of preparation and people don't like that part like they they like the instant gratification they like all right I did this one time and now i'm the best at it like no it's not like that like i i know that comedy is gonna be a long road it's a process and that's why I I do the things on my time because I don't even I don't want to burn out I want it to still be fun every time I get up there like I'll do shows with people who have been in comedy for 10 years and you could see like the bitterness in their eyes and in their attitude and it's like well why are you doing this do you even find it fun anymore like are you even like enjoying this and I don't want to get to that point like I want it to be enjoyable every time yeah and you can keep you can definitely maintain that what do you see for your comedy goals like do you see yourself staying in seattle or are you looking to go somewhere else eventually or like what do you want for comedy you want a tour or do you want are you hoping for a netflix special or are you hoping to be a writer on snl all of these <laughs> things you want to just run shows yeah what what do you your ultimate dream take money out of it like you yeah. have the money to move or go for what you want yeah i definitely see myself moving i'm not sure where yet but I, i'd like to be a little bit closer to my family i think that there is some it's kind of like that homecoming feeling where it's like Cause I was out in Seattle for those three years and I became who I was, but I have like, it's like a test, you know, like I got to go back into those same situations to see if I'm still the person that like I made myself to be. So I don't know if I necessarily want to move back home, but I definitely want to be closer. And I kind of feel like there's some things that I need to figure out, like that's still within me to get to that next level. But I I would love to tour, like coming down here to New Orleans and just feeling the love. Like I, I realized I was like, oh, I'm not just funny in Seattle. Like I'm funny down here too like people like me so I'm like (laughs) yeah yeah I'm like I want to go to other places and and see what that's like and I just want to connect with other specifically black women I want to be around them and because I do comedy for them like if if a straight white man was like the one laughing hardest at my jokes like like, I'm yeah I'm doing something wrong (laughs) like Like, rewrite this yeah yeah (laughs) like you shouldn't be laughing at art so I want to go to other places I want to go to New York I want to go 
to DC and LA and just bounce around and see what can happen. I want to produce my own shows and get some other black women who may have wanted to always try comedy, but just didn't have the nerve to do it. Like I want to just, just help other people kind of get up there and put themselves out there. I would love to do like some comedy writing. One of my biggest dreams is to have like a animated series. So that's like something that I would like love, like a cartoon network, like adult comedy type of thing. So yeah, like I, I would definitely love to get into writing and TV and maybe movies someday. But I think my first step would definitely be kind of touring and going around to other places and connecting with people and just because I like to after the shows, I, I like to like, you know, talk to people and be like, hey, and I always tell people like, thank you for coming. Like, I really yeah. say that. And they're like, oh, of course. Yeah. Like, but it's like, you could not have came. Like, yeah. you could have did something else. But the fact that you, you wanted to support. Yeah, you know? like, you could have been at home watching Netflix, mm-hmm. chilling. You could have been having sex somewhere. Like, you know, you could have <laughs> been doing anything. But the fact that you came out to see people talk shit and and put themselves out there is beautiful to me so I like that feeling of like coming out and and getting to know people and people come up and be like oh I always wanted to try comedy and it's like well do it I'm just a regular girl from Baltimore so if I can get the nerve to do it pretty much anybody else can (laughs) you're totally fine with people coming up to you I think comics have two different reactions Mm -hmm. like a lot of us are socially awkward yeah so there's the like someone's talking to me and I don't have a microphone what do I do and then there's the people that are like come to me like the Dave Chappelle is Rick James just yeah 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 (laughs) I love that like I I just think it's cool that because a lot of times people will like stuff but they won't tell you so the fact that people actually come up afterwards and like that was really funny and then they'll have like a specific joke that'll be like I like some that they really related to and the fact that they shared it with me makes me feel good like it makes me feel like I'm doing something right and it makes me feel like I need to keep doing it because I want people to know that their experiences aren't like you're not just the only one like there's a lot of us going through a lot of the same bullshit so I love it but yeah there are a lot of other comedians that I know of that don't like they'll leave immediately after the show or like don't like to connect but I like to sit at the bar and we'll have some drinks and talk and just chill with each other like we're friends it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning about how it's important to have those representations to have queer representations and people of color representations Mm -hmm. and whatever we are on stage for people to say like hey like I you know feel similarly and I've had this experience and it's so nice to hear someone else say because I thought I was alone yeah exactly exactly like I know I know a lot of girls who are in the same boats like have always had boyfriends but have always been interested in women and kind of been scared to even like test those waters and one thing about me is that I've always been a risk taker I'm more scared of regret than like rejection so if there's if there's anything that I want to try like I'm gonna do it because I'd rather it be like oh that didn't work or maybe I need to try harder than like damn I wish I would have did that and I know there are some women who are like in their 60s and 70s that wish that they would have had experiences with women and never got the chance to do it so that's i'm like yeah if y'all want to fuck some women go do it like and i get it you know they're yeah like they're in a different generation (laughs) yeah like it wasn't as easy as you know yeah definitely not but there's definitely it's good to see you know you on stage and for people to come up and be like hey yeah i'm feeling the same way it's let's talk about it yeah and be like how do you deal with it and like like i don't know (laughs) i don't (laughs) that's why i'm doing this i'm trying to figure out how to do it like it's it's funny just like when i go back to baltimore and like visit my friends and they're always like yo they're they're always so proud of me like you made it out i'm trying to get like Mm -hmm. you and i'm like yo i'm broke too like (laughs) i ain't doing nothing special (laughs) i don't know what's going on yeah (laughs) like i don't know what's going on either (laughs) and i've talked about this before on other episodes It, it takes so much to leave and other people can't 
whatever that last hurdle is they want to leave they like want something new they want something different they just can't do it yeah for whatever reason they they have kids or they're parents don't want them to or they're just scared of going somewhere else and not like you start from scratch basically even if you're with someone when Mm -hmm. you move there you start over you're you don't have your friends you don't have people that grew up with you that went to the same elementary school with you that know the hang you don't have a hangout you don't don't have a place to go (laughs) like you don't know the grocery store layout like everything is just so different and you don't know what you expect for like winter or whatever like you have no frame of reference and that's scary and other people like won't take that step versus just being like fuck it it's scary and it might suck for a while but it's you know what I need for me that's very real and even still I'll have moments where I'm out there and I'm feeling lonely and I'm feeling down I'm just like why did I make this decision like why did I even come out here but it's just a lot for me it's just about having faith and just being patient like I still don't know what the ultimate goal is but I do know that it helped me kind of grow into the person that I wanted to be and that I'm gonna always push myself to continue to be that and it's like you know ever since I found comedy like before I get on stage I'll be so nervous I'm always why did I do this like why did I sign up for this this is crazy I did this to myself yeah like I put myself in this situation but then when it's all over it's like what else would I be doing yeah you know so yeah I get it like it's it's very tough it's very scary but like life is scary like when you were born and you coming out that canal (laughs) into the world you don't know what's about to happen you don't know what's about to pop off you don't know who your parents are what you're about to be surrounded by so especially with how the world is now like we don't even know how much longer we have on here like you just gotta you should just do stuff that you want to do just yeah. because like literally like the apocalypse could happen tomorrow and i shouldn't laugh but it's, it's true yeah <laughs> that's the thing i'm like all i could do is laugh about it because i have no control over it exactly i can't stop people from not believing global warming exists or from no. like the weather being crazy and people not understanding that or capitalism taking over or our lovely president just fucking around with us just yeah. to fuck with us yeah I can't I can't put him in jail. I would if I could. Right. That's exactly how I feel. Like, I don't even watch the news like I should. But I'm just like, I can't take it for my mental health. Like, I already have to walk around in the world as a black woman. So it's just like, I, I'm going to just do and just focus on myself. And if the world ends tomorrow and we all just get swept up in a big ass huge tornado, like that's probably what we get. But I'll know that like I'm living the life that I feel proud of. Yeah. That I feel like, OK, I'm I'm doing something, you know, like yeah, I can absolutely. sleep at night like I'll wake up like all right I feel relieved like I feel good I don't feel like I'm hiding anything anymore I don't feel like I'm holding back as much as I used to like there was this was always inside of me but I just couldn't let it out and now that I can I feel much freer and I feel like well if you know if a big ass earthquake came tomorrow I'm good (laughs) I'm doing what I should have been doing I don't know about (laughs) y'all you wouldn't have the regret of like oh I should have done comedy yeah exactly exactly. and then um I I don't know how many tattoos you have I see one on your arm and I wanted to ask about it and can you describe it for the listeners because this is a podcast (laughs) I don't like I said I don't know if you have any others but if you want to just kind of describe that and then tell me what it means because I just think it's really cool looking thank you well it means um storyteller in Arabic I don't know how to say it (laughs) I've had people like tell me numerous times and I don't want to mess it up so I just I got this well I I saw the inspiration for it when I was spending the summer in Pittsburgh and it was at an art museum and the exhibit was on Iranian women and they were talking about through photographs just like their lives and just literally like how things look through their lens and when I saw the 
I was like, this is important. Like, I feel like everybody has their own story and their own specific lens of like how life works for them. And people have always commented on me being a storyteller. Like I tell really good stories. My mom is a storyteller. My sister is. It's just a part of how we communicate and how we express ourselves. And when I saw that, I was like, that's what I need. Like I need that on me to remind me every day. All of this is a part of my story. The things that go right, the things that go wrong, the things that I'm super proud of, the things that I'm not so proud of. Like it's just all a part of the process, all a part of the journey and the path that I'm on. So when I look at them, like, yeah, I, I got to tell. Like, I can't I can't hold these things inside because you never know who needs to hear. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad I asked about that. I noticed it. <laughs> and I was like, I had no idea it meant storyteller. It fits so well with everything that we're doing right here. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a nice way to, to wrap this up, which I, uh, was unplanned. This was yeah. not planned at all. <laughs> um, can you let the, the people out there know where they can find you, uh, social media stuff? You can find me on Instagram being funny and crazy and weird at Petty Betty, P-E-D-D-Y-B-E-T-T-Y or on Twitter at Muffy Crosswire with three Fs because people used to always tell me I look like Muffy from Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my uh, Instagram Twitter handle. So that's where I am mostly Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us and I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in New Orleans. If I'm ever in Seattle, I'll definitely message you. But anytime you come back to New Orleans, just let us know. Certainly. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. coming up and people are asking me like what am I getting myself for Christmas <laughs> like I just bought myself another month of living in my apartment that's the <laughs> gift that's the gift right there um, that's just how it is like I'm grown now I'm grown uh, I moved here about three years ago uh, next month will make my three-year anniversary in Seattle you can clap for that I'm still here I can still afford to live here that's kind of crazy. It's fucking expensive in this city. Um, and I moved from Baltimore. Before we get into anything else, yes, Baltimore is like the wire. It's just like the wire, okay? It's just like the wire. But there's more than just murder and violence in Baltimore City, okay? There's also drugs, <laughs> political corruption, a little sprinkle of structural racism, and we have Hairspray, the musical. <laughs> That's our, our shining glory right there. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Baltimore is one of my favorite cities. Um, usually when people are visiting, they'll call me up, Nakia, I'm going to Baltimore, I need some advice. Um, what's some good restaurants that I can go to? Where can I get the best crab cakes? Um, where can I go to avoid getting shot? (laughs) To which I just answer, girl, nowhere. It's 2018, okay? They are shooting everywhere, don't you understand? There's places here that I don't like to go to because I'm afraid that I could possibly get shot. Like high schools, college campuses, movie theaters, right? I know. I was nervous when I went to go see Aquaman. I was scared, okay? A lot of white men in there, big ones, small ones, (laughs) skinny ones, tall ones, you know, and they all had backpacks. Why do you need a backpack in the movie? (laughs) It's not even a school day. Why do you need a backpack? (laughs) 
When I moved to Seattle, the first thing that threw me off about being here was just how passive aggressive everyone was all the time. Even my doctor would walk on eggshells around me. My own doctor, you know? I would come in, sit down, he'd look at the clipboard, look at me, look back at the clipboard, look at me. Oh, you know, Nakia, it's, it's not a big deal at all. It's not a big deal. If you wanted to, if you absolutely wanted to, you could slow down on the sugar. But it's no big deal at all. It's no problem. <laughs> Bitch, do I have diabetes or not? <laughs> and I'm not a rude person, so I didn't say that to him. I said, excuse me, doctor. <laughs> Bitch, do I have diabetes? <laughs> I don't got time for the game. That shit running my family. I need to know. Do I, I need to change my life or not? You guys are probably wondering why I moved to Seattle. Yes? Yes. Sure. That is such a Seattle. I, sure, I guess. Just say yeah. I moved here not for school, not for work, but for some dick. <laughs> I moved for my relationship. Thank you. Thank you. It takes a lot of guys to move across the country for some dick, so I think you guys should give it up for me. A lot of guys. All right. Um, and you know, it was one of the best decisions that I ever made. We ended up breaking up, and there was a period of time where we still had to live together post breakup. Yeah. Right. But it's not as bad as you would think that it is. It was actually pretty pleasant, pretty comfortable. The worst part about it was just watching firsthand how drastically his life improved after we broke up. Like overnight, it's like a hard realization when I'm the one holding you back this whole time. Like that hurts my feelings a little bit. He started going to the gym like working out, <laughs> now you want abs? <laughs> when we were together, all you had was flabs, but I guess, I guess, okay, duly noted. He started going to therapy. So now you wanna be emotionally stable? Now, now is the time that you wanna do this. What happened to the toxic, manipulative man that I love. <laughs> love don't live here anymore. I don't know who this man is. No, he wasn't toxic or controlling or anything like that. He was actually really nice. Um, the breakup was great. He helped me move and everything, moved me right into my next man's place. It was awesome. <laughs> super easy, super sweet, thank you. Um, that happened and then immediately, I had to jump back into the whole game. And it had been a while, like, it had been a while. The rules have changed, like people are not playing the same games that they used to play. It's different now, like you gotta be ruthless dating. You can't give no fucks, you can't give no fucks. I was dating this one guy and things were going cool, everything was fine, he was cool, we got along, sure. He had a baby. That's not why we didn't work out. We didn't work out because his baby was ugly. 
And it's like, you know, I'm at the point in my life where if I have a child, it wouldn't completely derail my life. Like, I can handle it. But an ugly baby would. <laughs> like, because you can't post ugly babies on the gram. <laughs> and my Instagram is popping right now. I can't, I can't mess up my algorithm throwing in an ugly baby. So, so we didn't work out. That didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. I was dating this other guy, and he was cool. Things were going fine. But I realized that it was just, it was something off. I couldn't, I didn't know exactly what it was, but it was just something off with him. And he would tell me all the time that I was the most beautifulest woman in the world that he had ever seen in the whole world. But he ain't never been nowhere. <laughs> so how would you even know? <laughs> so now I think you're alive. That didn't work. It didn't work. We had to break up. We had to break up. It's just, you know, dating is hard. You have to get to know people all over again. You gotta start from the beginning. And you can't just, nowadays in this economy, you can't just ask people, oh, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? No, you gotta get down to the good stuff as soon as you meet them. Like, what's your take on the Bill Cosby situation? <laughs> How do you feel about quaaludes and pudding pops? <laughs> mm -hmm. Can't leave any stone unturned. <laughs> Gotta get to know these people. <laughs> it's tough, especially in the winter time, trying to get to know somebody, trying to figure out if, if they're feeling you. Because sometimes you can't tell if a man is in love with you or if he's just homeless. And he needs somewhere to stay. Because <laughs> in the summertime, you are feeling me like this. Now you want to spend the night every night? And now you cooking me dinner with my groceries? It wasn't like that in the summertime. <laughs>Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.